0: Good morning and welcome, it's the Patriot Radio News Hour, live on a Monday, May the 22nd, I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, our third decade, yeah, we're in decade number three here, trying, well, yeah, I guess that's, uh, is that how you count it, because it's our 21st or 22nd, I lose count, year in business, uh, doing this every single day, but well, Not every day. Monday through Friday, most of the time. And today being Monday, maybe the worst day of the week. You know, maybe Monday gets a bad rap. I thought about it. And the more I thought about it, the more, you know, it's the worst day of the week. It is the start of the work week. Speaking of working, my oldest has a job. Yep, he is working for the. He's become a productive member of society next. He's been working now for a couple of weeks. He's getting his first paycheck. I think it's Friday. And my wife and I have yet to tell him about the payroll tax. Uh, so we're, we're pretty excited to to hear what he thinks about it. Uh, but I know we're excited. He did it all on his own, too. You know, there is hope out there. There is. Some of these kids, not most of them, but some of them, they, they get it out there. He did it all on his own. He had came home from school about three and a half weeks ago with a job application. We never even had talked about it. And he just more or less says, I'm getting a job, and we are like, hey, all right, great. Do it. Uh, So he's working at a local gym, which is perfect. Right? I mean, (laughs) he's cleaning uh, bathrooms and mopping floors and running a front desk, and and so it's a great First job and and uh, wow, well, well, I'm just excited about it. I really am. I'm like, yeah, I see the light around, you know, the end of the corner. Because I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, as we're looking at all of these colleges, and he's seeing how much money they want. I think that really has motivated him. So, uh, anyway. Not to brag, but my kids got a job, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Not only do we provide everybody that is able to and smart enough and fortunate enough to do it, the ultimate wealth insurance, the real money, legal, lawful, constitutional tender, talking about gold and silver. Not only do we do that, but apparently now we're boarding dogs. Yep. Wendy came in this morning for work, and she brought this random dog. Not that, that even one of her dogs. She's got like five of them. And here comes this other dog that she's dog-sitting for. And apparently somehow by her dog-sitting, it means the dog needs to be here. And then... She tried to say, oh, by the way, I'm going to leave early because I'm dog-sitting. This is the world that I live in, right? My, my oldest has a job, and then Wendy, she's trying to work less and less. That's what i got to put up with. By the way, the website, where none of this information that I've just talked about is on there. At allamericangold.com. Uh, make that part of your favorites. We got all this stuff coming up. We're we're, we're coming up towards the end of the month. I think we're going to have a brand new looking page. It's going to have a lot more stuff on it. A lot more of my thoughts on it. It's going to be. I'm super excited about it. Uh, make sure you go out there and keep yourself comfortably disturbed. Uh, and speaking of being comfortably disturbed, gold's rising, silver's rising. Remember, I told you when silver fell below seventeen dollars. Boy, I like it. And then it got to sixteen and a half and I really liked it. At sixteen and a quarter I was in love with it. It touched sixteen dollars for about five minutes. And I told you I was stalking it. Uh silver's now seventeen dollars and seventeen cents this morning, up another thirty eight cents, and it's not done. But it is down now I think it's at seventy three and a half ounces. Of silver, one ounce, seventy-three and a half ounces of silver to get to an ounce of gold, and you know my rule: if it's above seventy, if you need more than seventy ounces of silver to equal an ounce of gold, I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, but I just wanted to—I don't know—give you an "I told you so." So I told you. <laughs> right? I told you. But here's what else I'm going to tell you: this is just the beginning. And I know it's hard for some people. To to understand and grasp because again we we are we are suckers we're, we're we are optimistic people and there's nothing wrong with that if you didn't hear Friday's show you need to you need to get on the podcast you need to listen to it uh, matter of fact if you go out to our website today uh, Taleb was on with Ron Paul uh, but Friday I played his clip from uh, Bloomberg that he did. I, I want to say it was Thursday that he did it. Uh, and and talking about it, nobody's better. Nobody. At least nobody that, that I know of at judging risk than this man. And he's talked uh, really about how they've, all almost they've really done is they've made the problem even worse. And this is what I keep trying to get people to understand. Right? They, they fixed a the debt problem by issuing a lot more debt. And now all of a sudden they don't know what to do because everybody seems to be full. Some things that you need to be aware of are safety deposit boxes going to become the target of our government when things get bad, we're going to talk about that next. My Patriot Radio Trump's News Trump's Hour, our toll free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. We are running out, and we've been talking about the the premiums, right? We hit all time record low premiums for gold, right? Th- those are now, of course, rising every week. They rise a little more and a little more, and just. You know, we're but we're still way below uh, where we call a normal market, right? Like today is a prime example. If you want to buy U.S. twenty-dollar gold pieces, thirteen fifty, which is about eighty-nine dollars over spot, which is historically a fantastic price. I mean, if I think about the fourteen years I've been here. Percentage-wise, up until this last, what four months? From a percentage perspective, over spot that that there would be all-time lows today, at the eighty-nine dollars. Outside of like the last four months, if you did any, if you went and looked at gold for like the last ten years, even in dollar terms, probably all-time lows. Outside of these last four months, which uh, we've gotten, you know, at the low point there, we're, we're about 50 bucks. Uh So U.S. 20s right now, $89 over thirteen fifty Silver Eagles. I, I, I think we're going to make it to the end of the month back dates. We're now at mixed cases. So the dates you'll get, it won't be all one day. You'll get a multitude of dates, which I think is even better. Uh, if you buy a case of them, you'll get multiple dates uh, today. A case of of silver eagles that's 500 ounces of silver. It's ten thousand dollars delivered, uh, which puts it at about two dollars and eighty five cents over spot at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Also, silver eagles, you know, over the last what about Eight years ago the mint raised prices I and mean, raised them big uh, I want to say when I first started and, and I'll have to check with Eric but I, I know it was pretty close to this the mint charged like 35 cents over spot right now it's uh, almost what we're selling them for over spot you know my cost uh, so us silver eagles these are going to be back dates at 285 over. Before the break, I told you about is and are these governments. You know, they're going to get everything. Everything that you leave for them, they will get too. And you think about all of the, the things that people did. Cash. Right? People, you know, hey, I'm going to put cash in my safe or I'm going to have cash in the closet or I'm going to bury it or put it in the wall or whatever it may be and we already know now there's really no denying it there's probably no going back cash is an endangered species right we're starting to see country after country after country uh, eliminate and they've started with what the big bills and and they're, they're getting to that point where, even now, most employers today, if you're of any size, you can't even get a paper check, right? It has to be direct deposit. The vast majority of purchases now everywhere is paid for by what? A debit card, a credit card. This is where we're going, in the central banks, and listen, this is the plan. They want the ultimate control. You know that... inflation that they seem never to be able to get, even though we know it's way more than that. Yeah, they'll be able to get it that way. So storing cash is no longer going to be effective. Not that that was ever very good because of inflation. Other people had safety deposit boxes. Right at the bank. that was another safe haven. We know that they've changed what you are allowed to put into your safety deposit boxes here at home. If for those of you that have one, you know what I'm talking about. Right? They don't allow you to physically store cash and or coins in there any longer. At least you're not supposed to. But something is going on that happened this weekend that that really caught my attention, uh, and it happened. It's happening right now in Greece. As we know, Greece is one of the test countries, right? Where they've shut the banks, they they've they've banned the withdrawal of cash from ATMs and all of these other things. Uh, they're on their And this, you know, it's funny because you think it's over. The latest on the European Union finance ministers' meetings on Greek debt. The European Union's top economy officials say a deal to unlock further financial help and debt relief for Greece is near and may emerge at a meeting of finance ministers from the Eurozone countries. They say a deal is, quote-unquote, doable, and that it's time to open a new phase and a new page in regards to Greece. See, what they're doing is they allow Greece, a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. And every time they want more money, they demand more concessions. And according to the finance ministers, there is a positive update from Greece in its recent meeting to come to terms with the International Bailout Committee on Thursday. So we'll go back last week on Thursday. Greek parliament approved new creditor demand measures that will help the uh, impose further income losses on the austerity-weary Greeks. Now, of course, this is what part of the deal is hey, you're going to get a little less in your check, you're going to get a little less in your pension, you're going to get a little less here and a little less there. But one of the things that was in this new austerity package that has the EU ready to help Greece some more was that in this, the Greeks, as and I don't know if most of you are aware, and I and I know we talked about it here and there, But when they file their taxes in Greece now, they're supposed to list all of their assets. And when I mean all of them, I mean all of them. Right? Your wife's got jewelry, she's got a diamond necklace, a pearl earrings, property, you name it. In these latest round of bailouts, the Greek finance authority is now going to be able to confiscate the contents of all safety deposit boxes. Primarily, according to how we, I don't have all the details yet, but primarily of the people that the Greek authority believes have not disclosed all of their holdings. For those people, the Greeks will be able to go in and confiscate the contents of all these safety deposit boxes. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is this is how it happens, right? I mean, this is stuff like you know, this is communist-type stuff. We're just going. You know what? Like you first of all, you need to tell us everything you got. You need to tell us where it all is. And then it's still if we're still not satisfied. If you if you've got this data that, that we're going to take it. And it's not just safety deposit boxes, property, anything that they feel like you didn't disclose, they now will have the legal authority to take. And and when you start to really think about now, think about that in Greece, okay? And we're not Greece in the regards of there's a lot of there's a lot more corruption there than here. There's a lot more uh, people have been avoiding taxes in Greece forever. It's like a sport there, okay? That's the best way I can describe it. And they're trying to get what? They're trying to get the wealth from their citizenry. That's, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Why? Because they overspent and they've essentially bankrupt the entire country. And then I start explaining all the rules that have been changed here at home. Do we have a black market? Yes. Is it very big? No. Right? It's it's just not here. But what do we have? Where is our wealth? And they're doing the same thing. Rather, it's the ban on all of a sudden you can't put this and you can't put that in your safety deposit boxes. What that came down, what, two, three, four years ago? Something like that. To the new laws on the money market, your 401ks and your IRAs. Hey, if you're in the market during a time that we, whoever the we is, considers to be turmoil will be able to invoke rules that prevent you from getting to the sideline prevent you from demanding what you thought was your money don't take my word for it look it up I've already done the work and I know that this is too hard for a lot of people to understand But you're gonna see it a little closer to home. Puerto Rico today defaulted on even more of its debt. The Puerto Rican government says they have gone to the court to restructure, uh, pretty much now, almost all of the $73 billion in debt that they have. And this one, the 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 latest one, had to do with their pensions. They owe $50 billion in unfunded liabilities. They went to federal court this morning as now they, they've they gone into quasi-bankruptcy over the last several weeks now, and the, and the last of these different agencies is, is now going in. Today, it was the Employees Retirement System, known as ERS, the Highway and Transportation Authority. These are the bonds that Puerto Rico is now defaulting on. They entered a debt restructuring process that amounts to a municipal bankruptcy on Monday, today, in San Jose. I guess in San Juan. Those two systems are now under federal debt adjustment law, known as Title III, alongside the Puerto Rican government and its sales tax bond issuer, known as COFINA. They're, they are also in default. It says that part of the court-supervised process, here's what they're, they're looking at. Well, I'll get to what they owe, and then the offer that Puerto Rico has graciously made to the bondholders. That'll be next.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly, and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional, conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt.
2: When Phyllis Schlafly wrote the February 1972 issue of the Phyllis Schlafly Report Against the Equal Rights Amendment... She didn't know that she would be leading a movement against an overwhelming congressional majority, several presidents and their wives, the media, big donors, and a horde of what she called radical women's liberals. But she still wrote her very first article on the subject as though it would be her last. Each point was one that she would employ throughout her campaign, and that we can still employ today. The main problem with ERA was the hidden agenda that radical liberals were trying to codify. Their first item on this agenda was to revoke the privileges of American women who chose to be full-time homemakers. Phyllis saw through this ruse and said it's time to set the record straight. The claim that American women are downtrodden and unfairly treated is the fraud of the century. Why should we lower ourselves to equal rights when we already have the status of special privilege? Women's livers didn't want more choice. They wanted to remove choice by removing financial incentives for stay-at-home moms. The ERA wasn't about equal rights, it was about destroying the American family. Neither liberals nor conservatives believed that women were unequal to men, but feminists had to paint it that way to get what they wanted. Phyllis saw that pattern and called it like she saw it. She wouldn't let the likes of Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem speak for her. Similarly, it's incumbent upon conservatives today to reject liberals who claim to speak for us. Phyllis Schlafly said, If women's libbers want to reject marriage and motherhood, it's a free country, and that is their choice. But let's not permit them to get away with pretending to speak for the rest of us. Let's not permit this tiny minority to degrade the role that most women prefer. Let's not let them deprive wives and mothers of the rights we now possess. We can't all be Phyllis Schlafly, but we can all have a voice. If you don't speak up, there's certainly a liberal somewhere that will claim to speak for you. Speak or be spoken for. The choice is yours. This has been
1: the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Share your opinion on what's really important to women at pseagles.com. That's PSEagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. And, and you're starting to see all the cracks. You know, when you... When you back over the cracks, but you don't fix the problem of why the crack was there to begin with? What happened? The cracks, what? They come back. And usually when they come back, they're even bigger than what they were before. And this is exactly what's starting to happen. We know about auto loans and credit card and student loan and all of these defaults are rising. Now now we're having uh, entire countries getting ready to go bankrupt again. We really haven't even gotten into what's been going on in Italy, what's been going on in Spain, what's been going on just north of the border in Canada. As all of these debt markets are hemorrhaging again. They just don't want to talk about it, at least not yet. Remember, that's exactly how they did it the last time. right? We were telling you all about it. And ben Bernanke would come on TV and, and talk about, oh, it's contained. It's just some pride. <laughs> Little did you know, most of the dead out there is some pride. They just don't admit it. So in Puerto Rico today, they say that estimates may vary as to the size of how much. But they estimate that Puerto Rico is somewhere between 45 and $50 billion underfunded. It also owes $3 billion to bondholders, the pension fund. The highway agency owes roughly six point three billion dollars in debt, including one point eight billion to Puerto Rico's insolvent industrial development bank. It says that Puerto Rico and its agencies owe roughly seventy three billion dollars in bonds. Dwarfing the largest municipal bankruptcy of modern time, the $9 billion of Detroit. So, you know, you think about this is, what, seven times bigger than that one. And, of course, this is going to be the precursor to what, right? Illinois and Chicago and L.A. and California, you know. Connecticut, (laughs) <laughs> New York, Pennsylvania, right? New Jersey, the United States, you get it. So here's what Puerto Rico would like. A 10% cut in pensions. right? So the if you're receiving a pension, right, they want to give a cut of 10%, so in other words, if this agreement went into place, the day it goes into place, your income essentially go down by 10%. And they want to give the debt holders less than 25 cents on the dollar, <laughs> which creates a huge problem because all of a sudden it puts a price on all the other debts from all the other cities and states within the United States. Of course, Puerto Rico technically not a state. Uh, but they do fall under, obviously, U.S. bankruptcy law. So we're going to have to watch. But this is the opening round. And, you know, here's the problem. There's no good answer. There's no good answer. And by the way, Puerto Rico, somehow they say that hundreds of thousands of people are getting pensions from Puerto Rico. And you start to think about how massive is it? How many people are we talking about? How many millions and millions of U.S. citizens are going to be affected in the, uh, within the next 10 years? And all of this is happening quickly. And and quickly is is a for me, quickly is, hey, in the next ten years, it's all the whole thing changes. That's not a lot of time. And and you're sitting there and, and you're you're thinking about, you know, all the things that that are happening very, very subtly that nobody talks about. But in all of the Greek articles, with the exception of a very few, and you have to look in the right place to find it, none of them make mention of what it was that the Greeks were willing to do to get more money. And and the and like any true addict, right, don't do anything to get it. Right, and we're no different. In order to keep the, the Ponzi scheme going, America will do anything. Right? They'll, they'll relight any law, we'll back it up with the debts of or the 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 four hundred one K's, the RRAs, the money markets, the bank accounts. We don't care. And, and when you start to see these things playing out, and really when you think about it, the bondholders technically are supposed to get paid first. And then you start thinking about what we talked about a few weeks ago about these derivatives markets all backed by these insurers and all of this stuff that's led to this super huge uh I don't even know, explosion of debt that's been issued just since the millennials rolled over. You know, you think about it, you go back to, to the late 90s, you didn't even have $100 trillion of derivatives. Now we got over $500 trillion, And nobody really knows what's there. But the premise was that the bondholders would be made whole. Another word, they would be able to go into Puerto Rico and what? Take everything. Right? We're going to take it all. Take all the buildings. Take all the assets. Liquidate it all. Cut all the pensions and do all these things. And and now they're going to try to negotiate what it's going to be. It didn't work that way. The system wasn't made to work this way. And, of course, part of the problem of all of this is, is, and you know what, Taleb talks about this all the time, right, is they never get punished. Who in their right mind lent Puerto Rico $73 billion to begin with? Right? That could be the first question. Pay to the Radio News Hour. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. We'll be back right after the break. <laughs> Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two U.S. Silver Eagles, and and I will keep you up to date. This has turned into uh, sometime in the next week to two. You know, we may get to the end of May for back dates, uh, but but they are running out of the back date U.S. Silver Eagles. Uh, they're four oh five by the roll. Roll of twenty U.S. silver eagles. If you buy it by the case, you're going to get it all the way down to under three dollars over spot, two eighty-eight over spot, uh, and even ten thousand delivered for a case of U.S. silver eagles. Uh, the U.S. twenty-dollar gold pieces uh, at eighty-nine dollars over right now at thirteen hundred and fifty bucks at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. One of the narratives from the Federal Reserve, and, and you know, for most of you, I don't think you really understand how much data they actually collect. It's mind blowing. I mean, the they uh, Daniel D. Martino Booth called it the MIT Mafia, right? This is how much data these people collect, and they, they're really a I guess, for lack of any better reasoning now, they don't, they don't even really care about the data. I don't know why, but they don't. They care about their, their economic theories and their economic models and really discard a lot of this data. And, and, and this, this report really brings it home. Every year, The Federal Reserve issues a report on the economic well-being of U.S. households. You would think this would probably be a pretty important piece of data. The report based on the Survey of Household Economics and Decision-Making, that's what it's called. So if you want to look it up, You can do that. The survey, the Federal Reserve's survey of household economics and decision-making. This was conducted in October. So this was the 2016 report. And here's what they said the report provided. A quote. Picture of improving financial well-being among Americans, End quote that was the that was their synopsis of this data. Overall, seventy percent said that they were either quote living comfortably or doing okay. <laughs> Now, doing okay can mean a lot of things, but that's, you know, kind of like a, uh, these are the boxes, which one do you fit in? That was up a whopping 1%. Yes, yeah, so apparently that 1% increase paints a picture of improving financial well-being according to the Federal Reserve. When you actually look into the data, because they break it down by income. The highest percentage who responded they were living comfortably. No shock here. All of them that said they were living comfortably were making over $100,000 a year. For Americans making less than 40000 They were evenly split, saying they were just getting by, right? Yeah, we're just getting by or doing okay, right? What are those two? 28% of respondents said that their income in the last 12 months was less than $25,000. Forty percent of respondents said that their income was less than forty thousand dollars. Which, according to, you know, common sense says four in ten Americans are finding it difficult to get by. But yet somehow the Federal Reserve said that seventy percent We're living comfortably. (laughs) I mean, this is it. These are the data points. Right? Now, when you skew the data by what? Surveying more rich people to make your data point look better, then this is what you get. Four in ten people in the annual survey from the Federal Reserve is making less than $40,000. It said that the improvements in well-being as reported by the survey respondents were concentrated amongst high-income adults, according to the Wall Street Journal, The U.S. financial health improvement in recent years only reflects the improvement amongst the wealthy. 44% of respondents said that they wouldn't be able to cover an expense of $400. And three and ten said they don't have enough money to actually pay all their bills for the month. This is an economic recovery. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number 800-951-0592 as we, you we know, we're, we're watching it all play out. It's fascinating. right? You would think if you, you know, the mainstream media wants you to get caught up in the Trump this or Trump that or look at it, you know, stocks are at you know, near all-time highs and they're acting like it's the greatest thing ever. The part they don't tell you is, you know, in order for them to be right, and I meant right by, you know, go back to 1971, we went off the gold standard completely, and we went to a essentially a free-floating fiat currency system, which was, as it grew, Right? They, they talked about financial responsibility for a while, right? They talked about it in the 80s and the 90s, and nobody talks about that anymore. And they're into this, we're going to have economic prosperity through the printing press, through debt, through all of these things. You know, the Dow would have to be, I don't even know, 60, maybe 80,000. It's at 20. And even then, it's way overpriced. Well, and not by my, you know, I don't know if it's overpriced. The price is the price. Overpriced, underpriced. All as I know is if you go back and you look at PE ratios and all these charts, there's 20 different ways that they value stocks. And 18 of the 20, or 90% of them, say, yeah, this is overdone. Right? In other words, there's not enough production, there's not enough profits to actually support the level of debt that's been issued. And even the Federal Reserve's own report, you, you would think they'd come out and share this report with the world that this would be the most important report. They talk about how the U.S. consumer is the one that drives the economy. Well, wouldn't this be the best picture of how the U.S. consumer is doing, and wouldn't this be the one that took center states? Of course it would be. They just don't want to tell you about it. Why? Because it's lousy. Three out of ten... Well, and you know what, really, it's more than 4 out of 10 if you take away their ability to use a credit card. Can't pay their monthly bill. That's not my number. I didn't make it up. This is what the Federal Reserve survey showed. And then they came out and said, look how great we're doing. I mean, that was the headline. Yeah, we're doing better. Well, if you make over a hundred grand, you're doing better. Everybody else, not so much. Unfortunately for us, this is why I said it has to be, you know, like eighty thousand, because everybody needs to make over a hundred grand. It's not going to work. You know what? I think Talib had it right. It's not, uh, you know, Obama came in at the bottom. He didn't do anything to deserve the rally. <laughs> Right, Trump is coming in at the top. I hope you're all getting prepared. US Silver Eagle 405 a roll uh, $10,000 for the case delivered. US20s at 13.50. 800-951-0592 Everybody enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk again tomorrow.